Hey, what's going on? Greetings, a good day, and welcome to the belated 115th or so episode of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here talking about your uh, West Coast bound Toronto Blue Jays, and uh, and doing doing that, and joining me to talk about those Western Coast and Western coasted, <laughs> I don't know, California centered Blue Jays. Uh, joining me as always, old reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm alright. It's uh, it's not Thursday, though. I wasn't real reliable on Thursday, nor were you, let's be honest. I, I think we might have taken the Old Reliable thing. Like, now we've taken it to the it's ludicrous extreme, because there's nothing reliable about this. Well, I, I think that was always true of me, but yeah. <laughs> I, but, one, uh, one day, I'd like us to maybe get the, na- the number on the podcast straight for the opening. That would be a good start, really. To, to like, that's more me. Yeah, I go by the by the the little rundown sheets I have in my Google Drive, but they don't always end up in the same place for whatever reason. Mm. Sometimes they aren't in the right folder. Sometimes they aren't existing at all on this world of ours. Uh, this podcast of ours, I need to mention right off the top. It is brought to you by McClellan and Stewart and their newest book. Uh, on the joy and beauty of baseball, Baseball Life Advice by Stacey May Fowles. It's, it's a passionate ode to baseball, its culture, its community, and why those things really matter. Of course, you uh, know Stacey May. She was on this show, um, and she's great, and she, of course, contributes to Blue Jays Nation, among many other places. The Globe Mail, she reviews books. But this book is her own. And if you haven't heard of it before, I don't know how you ended up listening to this show at this point, but head down to your local bookseller, Get baseball life advice for the hardcore baseball fan in your family, or maybe not the hardcore baseball fan for your dad for Father's Day. Dads love baseball life advice. They've been doling it out for their entire life. So, of course, that is the sponsor of this week's show, Baseball Life Advice. There you go. Go cop it. All right. And uh, uh, and, and Stacy, of course, was uh, was at this week's big event. Oh, yeah. She was on the very, very <laughs> important ketchup beat. That's right. I think, judging by her tweets and things, um, she might be in that place now where she'll only ever smell one thing for the rest of her life. <laughs> there was apparently quite the smell of ketchup going on on Front Street there. Which, you know, is still probably better than the normal Front Street smell, which is uh, like garbage water mostly. Well, this time of year when the water is way up, as it is, as we may or may not be experiencing, um, you know, high water levels here uh, in southern Ontario in this very wet early summer of 2017 the garbage water backwashy lake smell thing it's real strong so but you know what but ketchup the, I, i'm gonna go ahead and say that uh you know the fine the good people at pringles or whatever they they make a fine product i would gladly uh, take their gross. money yeah if anyone from pringles is listening please ketchup is gross and it doesn't smell <laughs> natural or real it smells heinous right it just smells like what does ketchup taste like taste like Ketchup? Ketchup tastes like red. It, it, it doesn't have a real flavor. It's like, that's what red tastes like. It's like if someone melted down a red crayon and then put it all over everything. And that's probably what it smells like. It just smells artificial, like it's pumped full of everything that's fake and bullshit. And lo and behold, they had an event. Hastily assembled, as it may have been. I still, but, well, uh, at this point, I feel like they're definitely not going to give us any money now. For well, the, for the, chip, the gross chips, red the chip tasting. people can. The chips are fine. Ketchup okay. Itself. Okay. 
Well, so the Heinz people were out, but Pringles were all in. Well, what do you want? You want to use French's anyway, obviously. I think we've discussed this before. Get those Ontario tomatoes in there. Fuck Heinz. Right. Sure. I don't know. Bullshit. Blue Jays are already anyway. are already doing work here on my uh, on my television screen. By the way, not that it no, matters to anybody who's listening now because the game's already over, probably. But uh, if it's not already over by the time they're listening, we've set some kind of land speed record. I might get it up while, while the game's still on. There's a chance. I think the Jays are going to score a... like 17 again tonight. By the looks of it. Oh wow. Uh, hey, look at that. The Astros are winning again. That almost never happens. <laughs> Somebody They're... asked me that about the Astros in a uh, radio appearance the other day. They're like, can anyone stop the Astros? I'm like, well, short season, short series, playoff series, maybe? I don't know. Like, clearly not until October. Like, they're, they're going to coast until then. They are stupidly good. They're real, real, real good. But the Toronto Blue Jays are pretty good, too. You know, you and I, it was fun. It actually was fun because, it was fun, A, because it, it came to pass. I believe it was, I believe I said, Jays need to really put it together and have like a 20 and 8 May. And then it be, kind of became the, the calling card. Like 20 and 8, you got to go 20 and 8. And then we, of course, forgot how many games they played. And it was like, they got to go 21 and 8 in May. Yeah. But they went 18 and 10 in May, which is pretty much as good as you could hope for. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Yeah, and, and you can't seriously ask for a team to play better than that. Absolutely, like literally, like that's uh, that's crazy stuff. It was uh, it was great. We're not talking about Josh Donaldson being traded right now, which is wonderful. No, we're talking about the Blue Jays being a game under five hundred. Uh, they are still in last place in what is at least the most uh, balanced division in baseball. I think it's it's pretty safe to say it's the best division in baseball right now, given the emergence of the Yankees and the kind of simmering. Uh, latent heat na- nature of the Red Sox and the Orioles nature of the Orioles. Uh, they're in good. They're in a good place. They, there's some still some schedule. You know they have some. They've got the Astros coming up this month, I believe. Um, which again is like okay, well you know you take your lumps or whatever. But they're in a good spot and they're playing decent ball and they had that they they managed to split with the Yankees, which is odd because. Like two games they lost were blowouts, mm-hmm. but then they could have eked out some wins, thanks in large part to Josh Donaldson. He's really good. It turns out he is really good. So I've got that was one of my notes that I was going to get to later on. Like it was going to be a big surprise and delight. Like, hey, can you believe it? We're talking about Josh Donaldson. Um, what a difference it makes having him in the lineup. A. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's incredible. It's obviously. I mean. What can you say about it? He, it's like he, it's like he gets on base and hits doubles and home runs a lot. <laughs> so you know, good things seem to happen, and especially compared to the dog shit that they were. You know, I don't. I, God love Chris Coglin, but if I never have to watch Chris Coglin play third base again, uh, I will be happier for it. And yet, we still had to watch Darwin Barney play left field. Well. Like there, you know, there's no no innocence here. There's That's a, a bit there, of a mess. There's, there's there, yeah. Collateral damage all over the place, um, which I think it is going to get to the point where the the kind of the main thing that we're going to probably talk about today, and that is looking ahead to uh, the trade deadline a little bit, 
and looking ahead to opportunities for the Blue Jays to to make upgrades. As you said, they're not going to um, uh, trade Josh Donaldson, as we've discussed. They're in that sort of similar position to where that we've seen them in the last two years, where they're kind of treading water here at the at that time of year, and they obviously look like a team with a lot to offer a team that could do do damage in the playoffs or wherever. But the team has constructed, uh, it, it could use some upgrading. Am it, I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. I, I mean, I think the beautiful thing about the way that the team is constructed is, especially with Justin Smoke being, you know, good for the time being at least, you know, looking, looking all right. I mean, when you look around the diamond, there aren't that many spots that need to be upgraded. I mean, I guess that's kind of... You're not a good team if you have that many spots that need to be upgraded unless you're, you know, like the Angels and you have one guy just carrying you. But, you know, where the, people will ask me, you know, I do the mailbag thing or, you know, stuff on Twitter. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what what about the, what about this guy? What about uh, these kinds of trades? And, and really, when you look around the diamond, where, where are they going to upgrade? Like, where are they going to pour their prospect resources into, uh, into making themselves better? I mean, left field is just blindingly obvious. Uh, the bullpen obviously needs uh, some attention, but I think their starters are fine. I mean, I don't think you're going to go out and get a starter unless you're doing something weird and creative like they did last year with Hutchison and getting Liriano back. Uh, I think, that, you know, first base and DH are, are locked down unless somebody gets hurt. Second, shortstop, third base are fine. Catcher's fine. Backup catcher, you could use another one of those. Uh, though they seem to really like Luke Miley's game calling, but, you know, for whatever whatever they say publicly is worth. And, uh, you know, Bautista and Pilar aren't going anywhere. So really, uh, I, I think it's a good situation if you're Ross Atkins. You're not looking at a ton of spots that you're trying to upgrade. It's really primarily left field in the bullpen, I think. And I don't think that's a bad... I don't. Obviously, that's a good way yeah. to kind of be going into that this part of the season with a short list where you can kind of laser focus and drill down if you're the front office and say, these are the... These are the places we want to improve or we have the potential to improve in a really obvious way. So if it, if it means getting a more legit starter, see, you know, we haven't spoken of him much, but and he's still a bit of a wild card for the Blue Jays. But we, Steve Pierce, I think, is, is a, it will be a valuable and important player down the stretch, but I don't think that anyone should look at him as an everyday answer in left field. Right. Yeah. For me, he's a really good guy to have around as a little bit of like smoke insurance. If Justin Smoke, you know, pumpkinizes in front of all of our eyes or resumes being Justin Smoke and stops being, you know, Albert Pujols or whatever. I don't know. He just looks like a really good hitter. And that, <laughs> I mean, he has refined his approach. And it's been kind of a topic du jour the last couple of weeks. Like, well, this is what Justin Smoke is doing. And look how much better he is now. But. But, uh, you know, if you have Pierce to kind of pick up some of that slack um, and then perhaps potentially trot around in the outfield a little bit. But obviously a real left fielder would be a great, great addition. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If you want to get super picky, maybe, like maybe he could hit potentially from the left-hand side of the plate. That would be nice as well. Um, but, and then the, the bullpen is always a thing. I mean, you, get, you mentioned getting creative. If there is an opportunity to get creative and, and maybe adding an, uh, an improvement, you know, a starter who could be viable beyond this year, and maybe if that means Francisco Liriano can move to the bullpen, uh, that could be something interesting. But I feel like given the state of the of the prospects that they have, anybody in left field is going to be like just pure rental, right? There's not there's not like a long term, even like a Ryan Braun kind of guy. He's not really a, a 
a match. Yeah. I think. Like somebody asked me uh, in my mailbag just that came that was published here Monday uh, for Vice about uh, the reports from the Marlins about Ozuna and Yelich uh, and their catcher as well being available, which, you know, the Jays don't really need a full-time catcher, but Yelich is certainly an interesting uh, possibility, and, and, and Ozuna as well, obviously, fucking amazing, uh, would be huge upgrades there, but I, I think, yeah, you're right, that doesn't really fit the profile of the Blue Jays and, and what they're trying to do in terms of not decimating their prospect pipeline. I think they probably can go out and pick and choose which prospects they're willing to part with in order to get a halfway decent rental, and, and that might be all they need, which is, you know, not to say that this is like a super team that's that's ready to go. You know, they're they're still touch and go whether they're even going to be in the playoff conversation, let alone, you know, are, are destined for the playoffs. But uh, that's more about the stupid fucking 11-2 and two start or 12-2 and two start or whatever the hell it was uh, than it is, you know, how the team's constructed. But, yeah, I, I think that... Uh, that they 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 just they don't have to do all that much, and I think it really sets up well for the kinds of things that they're going to want to do, which is not really break into too many of those top tier prospects that they have coming. I and mean, I don't think you're going to see an Alfred trade or a Guerrero trade or anything crazy like that. I mean, I think it's going to mm-hmm. be. Uh, I would be very surprised if they did. I mean, if they did, they'd obviously be getting something like really ridiculously good back. But uh, but the sense that you get is that. They're pretty okay with the old contracts and the old guys that they have going forward, and are are not really looking to uh, to take on more old guys for long term. That they're really probably going to be uh, focused on rentals and and uh, maybe if they can get young players. But that's I mean that's going to be tough. I think um, if there is a potential Christian Yelich trade, I don't think that you would be surprised to hear that I'm willing to do just about anything. <laughs> yeah. To make that happen, I'm, uh, I'm not. Uh, that's Chris not Mielich surprising. Is amazing, yeah. Uh, and he is on a, one of those nice, uh, kind of like that Starling Marte deal. Yeah, is it like uh, a? He's got like he's in year three. I just was looking at it. So he's, he's got was it 40, got 49 four, or something? Yeah, with two like t- entirely reasonable options, like an eighteen and a twelve or something on the back end of those deals that essentially makes it a seven year contract, not five plus two, but. Uh, yeah, no, there's, but the, with all that being said, with all that cost certainty, like you know what you're going to get and you've got some of his free agency, like that, the price for Christian Yelich will be through the roof. Yeah. Like it would be unbelievable. I, uh, which it makes it that much more interesting to see what the Cardinals will pay. To get him. <laughs> I almost feel that with the, you know, the Marlins going up for sale or whatever, however, whatever the status of that is, that's like somebody, you know, sort of uh, uh, evaluating their, their asset value more than actually being serious about baseball trades in terms of like how they're you know how they're looking at uh, you know they're apparently open to trading anybody and so they're going to talk on everybody and the, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know you I'm the the cynic in me is like ah they're probably just trying to the owner wants to know have some sort of baseline of what they're what they're actually buying here and I I don't know I would be surprised to see those guys move maybe not Ozuna's name's been on the block uh, more than just right now you know more than just this year but but yeah, you're right. A Yelich trade would be nuts. I mean, we were talking over the winter about Andrew McCutcheon and and the Pirates asking about about uh, Guerrero and stuff like that for him. And it's like, uh, you know, that's what? a guy. That's a guy. Well, I think that was a thing that came out that they, you know, they asked, and obviously it went nowhere. But that's a guy who had a, what, two years left on his deal, who is mm-hmm. not Christian Yelich, and and even 
you know, even if you believe big time in a in a bounce back, which obviously is not really happening there, uh, that would you know that still would be you know whatever you would get for McCutcheon uh, is light compared to what you get for Lialich, and whatever you get for McCutcheon was going to be really large. So, uh, so yeah, it was a bit of a pipe dream, I think. Well, I will I will hang on to that pipe dream. Please now. do. Now it's in my head that they're going to trade everybody they can to the Marlins in exchange for Christian Yelich. Uh, and everything will be great. Uh, but And then the bullpen. I mean, bullpen, I feel there's like a tier, right? There's the kind of top tier. You're like, oh, who, how, when will the Nats trade for David Robertson or whatever it might, kind of the kind of chatter that, be, that might be out there. But, I mean, we just have to look back at the last couple of years at guys that the Jays have acquired that, that we, you and I weren't necessarily talking about. Like, oh, yeah, when, when we both successfully... Uh, lobbied for the Mark Lowe trade or, uh, you know, Benoit <laughs> yeah. or whoever else. Or, and I can't even think of guys that they would have traded for, well, I mean, Grilly last year, I guess, in his own way. But, you know, that's yeah. that's not a bad place to be in. That Drew Storen, all these guys getting recycled for each oh, other. Oh, Jesus. Hey, but Storen, I mean, Storen turned into Benoit, so, you know, they got there. There's, there's still hope for true. Jason Grilly to... To pitch a few good games and then get dealt for somebody else's trash. Well, I mean, and I think we just can look at this bull, this year's bullpen, and it exactly has played out as it always does play out, where guys kind of find their level and guys improve and they develop and they figure things out. And now you're looking at you know Ryan Tapera and Danny Barnes being really valuable and valued guys so much so that of course John Gibbons seems to run them out there every single day <laughs> well he can't he but, can't go to Grilly or Howell so he's got to go to somebody he's got a they've got like a 14 man bullpen but only a few that he trusts uh, but the ones that he trusts are good yeah absolutely uh, uh, and, and it's 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 worked out well and there's still that rule five guy to come back and 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 definitely be as good as the last year's Rule 5 guy, because that's just how the Rule 5 trade era draft works, where all the Rule 5 guys you pick up turn out to be Joe Biagini. Um, if only that was true. Joe Biagini, uh, who, who's gonna, is he going to take Liriano's job, and are we going to see Liriano in the bullpen? There's your big bullpen trade right there. I think I would rather see Joe Biagini go back to the bullpen than, than Francisco Liriano, frankly. Fair enough. Because Joe Biagini didn't he, walk anybody. Yeah, he had, and I like that. Yeah. He definitely had success there. I think it's. I, I like you know. I think he's probably already shown enough that they can go into next year with him, you know, penciled in for the rotation, which I think is important, especially you know planning for next year with two guys leaving the rotation and nobody really coming up from the minors to have one of those holes already filled with Biagini, uh, meaning that the Jays really only have to go out and get uh, one new starter next year on the winter or on the, on the free agent market. And hopefully I think we all would hope that that's just going to be a re-signing of Marco Estrada. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that, I think mm-hmm. that would, uh, I think that would be a, a real nice plan, frankly. Um, and yeah, I and mean, Biagini has been great as a starter, but I, I completely understand where you're coming from on, on not going the, uh, the Liriano to the bullpen route, even though Jesus, the left-handed reliever, it feels like they've been searching for one, uh, even when Brett Cecil was here searching for one for a really long time and, and are continuing to do so. I mean, Loops pitched okay, but uh, God, I'm not, I'm not ready to just make Aaron Loop the uh, the top bullpen lefty and then well, there we go. We're set for the playoffs. Yeah. 
I don't know what I, <laughs> what can you say? Like mm-hmm. maybe one, maybe they'll get a better left-handed reliever. I think that's it's it's such a wide pool to draw from, and and they have so many irons and so many fires that 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 guy is out there, right? That left-handed upgrade, or or maybe they don't well, even go that way. The you thing see is, that with with yeah. the other teams where they the Astros, who's the, I don't think the Astros have a big lefty in their bullpen, do they? I could not tell you. That's that's for sure. I would have to I, I'm saying that they, if they can add a just look for at this point in the next you know three four weeks is I just like to see them add another another good pitcher like here's another good pitcher that that uh, that's going to make things better because it's good <laughs> to have good players kicking uh, around uh, if you I mean yeah no not I mean knocking Joe Smith and Danny Barnes and Ryan Tapera knocking those guys one peg back in the pecking order. I mean, your bullpen feels real good at that point. Well, Joe Smith striking everybody out. I mean, I, I mean, you don't even have to. I don't even think it's a matter of like knocking them back. I think it's a matter of just layering them on, right? Where where you can be prepared for Joe Smith to kind of come back to earth a little bit and not strike everybody out. And then if he doesn't, then you just keep running him out there. But. Being able to layer them in there and, and and work in some rest for those guys as you start to make them pitch every day or whatever it is, uh, having another good player out there sounds like a great a great great idea. Um, That's but ex- we should talk about Grilly, of course. We like, can. I was just going to say though, on Saturday that is how I was drinking as well. I wasn't I wasn't knocking them back so much as I was just layering them on. It was good. It was when a nice you were, day. you were watching the Champions League uh, final, layering f- them on. At first I was, yeah. I did a little mini golf, hit the batting cage, you know. Made a day of it. <laughs> there is nothing that is more enhanced uh, than batting cages uh, with alcohol. Oh, it my might God. seem counterintuitive or dangerous, reckless, foolish, <laughs> childish. But let me tell you, it is none of those things. They made me wear a, a helmet in like the cage where they're where the the top speed like their fastest cage their cages were kind of garbage but the the fastest speed was like 65 and they're like no you got to put a helmet on i'm like are you fucking kidding me this is bullshit i'm a grown-ass man i don't need a helmet no i got <laughs> i got hit twice in my first game of the year and it i got hit on the elbow and the guy maybe was throwing maybe a little bit harder than 65 it was the worst moment of my week i'll say <laughs> when i got hit right on like kind of low down enough that i it was like oh i kind of went looking like some kind of like a wounded soldier when i ran to first base to try not to move my arm getting hit sucks uh i will say well i mean the drunken I've, batting cages though oh my god i feel that the robot arm is is uh a little more uh reliable <laughs> in where it's going to place that True. ball than the uh than the dude on the mound. Sometimes those things uh, slip. The robot's usually pretty... There, there's a range that it stays in. So I feel like I can avoid my head getting in the way of a batting cage ball. Especially when it's just 65. But, you know, kids, wear your helmets. Come on. For all the uh, children yeah. that listen to birds all day. Children do love birds all day. I used to... I, I probably have talked about this before, but there's a... Um, I used to go in... When I lived in, in South Korea, they were, we would go out to the bar and there was like a batting cage... That was in the bar area, and it would be open all open late, and it was really small. It was the ball was only maybe traveling twenty or twenty five feet, and I would go in there using this terrible bat, um, way not appropriate to be in that setting at that time. <laughs> but I hit 
I hit a ball, one ball so hard. I squared it up so perfectly that I went back up to the bar and I probably would not stop talking. I know I would not, did not stop talking about it all night long. Uh, feeling like I had just, I don't know what year that was. I was it was like peak Barry Bonds. It was, it was me in the drunken batting cage. <laughs> right. uh, and also peak Barry Bonds in that I just kept talking and telling everyone how great I was. And it was amazing. I, I, I highly recommend that. Um, minus the you know, inevitable injuries that I suffered. Oh yeah. I, like, are, are we so? Are you ready to give Jason Greeley like the Viking funeral? Is that where we are? Jason Greeley is at the Viking funeral part of his uh, his Blue Jays career. Well, no. I mean, I just wrote a piece basically saying give him a bit of a, a break here. It, I mean, oh my God, Saturday. Even like it, I could tell it was bad, even though I wasn't watching. Like it was on in the bar where I was watching the Champions League final, and, and it was just like, oh, I think Greeley gave up a couple home runs there. Huh? This is this is getting ugly. Uh, and then checked the box score and like literally out loud was like, oh my God, it was four. He just gave up four home runs. Like I wasn't sure that they'd been showing replays or not, but no, apparently they hadn't been showing replays. It was, it was four separate home runs was as I'm sure, you know, everybody knows. Uh, but leading up to that point, and I'm not trying to be too much of an apologist or too much of a Wilner about it, but like he, he had, he'd had like a few halfway decent innings and in the piece I looked at, you know, his slider was was not being hung out over the fucking heart of the plate like he was at the start of the year. And, uh, you know, it just, if the results were a little bit better, Gibbons was talking about how he felt like it was coming on. I mean, even the, the fact that he was in at that point in the game, I mean, you know, the bullpen has been taxed a bit and, and, you know, maybe he didn't have a lot of options at that stage. Uh, and obviously they hoped that he would get through a full fucking inning as opposed to, uh, getting his ass handed to him the way that he did, uh, which would have helped not, make the bullpen quite so taxed but you know i i i guess my basic point and the point that i got to at the end of the piece was that when you're talking about your fifth right-handed reliever anyway you know the the value you're going to get by ditching him to go to to bring in somebody else is you, you just you can't use him that much for it to be that valuable a difference uh so when it's a guy who legitimately was really really good last year and and looked like he was going to be okay and and he was set to be your setup man in April and maybe looked like he was riding the ship I'm just not I'm not ready to throw in the towel on it yet but obviously it is a question that uh that bears asking that and that it's a situation that needs monitoring because yeah he's been mostly trash there was and I, I don't know you know you can arbitrary endpoint it to make it look like oh for like four weeks if you cut off the really bad three outings before that period and and the really bad one on saturday uh it didn't look too too awful or too different than than last year and actually in the piece i looked at uh, the uh the whiff rate on his slider uh at the you know at the start of may it was about 5.5 percent whiffs on his slider like it was they were just not biting they were or they were just beating the shit out of it and uh it got up to close to normal i think it was i think it was like 12 13 percent uh, for that run so that seemed like a positive indicator uh you just can only run so long on positive indicators uh, if you're not getting results so uh i don't know Grilly might be might be finished but i, I think back to drew store and this time last year and he was garbage too and they they didn't just release him they kind of babied him a bit and and tried to get him back right and ended up trading him for uh, joaquin benoit which worked out really well so uh I don't know if they'll be so fortunate this time with Grilly, but I I think there's still enough of an asset there that they're not gonna just cut bait with them. They might, but my sense is that they won't. And I, I mean, I think they've sort of shown their hand with uh, with JP Howell a bit, right? Uh, 
Because what the hell's wrong with his arm? There's, it, he's hanging a bit. It's shoulder tightness or whatever. Clearly, left arm shittiness is what sent him to the it's DL today. It's all connected, right? is what John Gibbons said today. <laughs> yeah. It's all connected. Yeah. Like, is it the elbow or the shoulder? Like, oh, yeah, yeah it's yeah. all connected. Yeah, no, it's all it's, bad uh, in there right now, yeah. So, I mean, maybe... says he needs a bacchiotomy. Um, <laughs> so maybe they'll do I, that with Grilly, too. I don't know. Well, I think... I, I can't remember who it was. Somebody was talking about how much the younger players appreciate having both those guys out there. About how you know, it might have been Tapero talking about how learning a lot from from Howell and learning from Grilly and and uh, and to your point, I you know you're right that that if it's somebody you know if there are if there's value in having him out there that is beyond his incredibly like low leverage usage, you know then you then you look you look for reasons almost like you he's the kind of guy maybe that you look for reasons to keep as opposed to look for reasons to dump. Uh, notwithstanding the fact that they've taxed the Bison's bullpen to such a degree that there's not anyone who's ready to come in and take that job anyway. Like, I mean, it's 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 the replacement level on the as you said the fifth right-handed yeah. reliever is very very low. But why force it? Why force in what could be an unpopular move or a hasty move for someone who's not going to be that much better? But it won't do the things that they like to have Jason Grilly around to do, which, if that means yell and scream and stomp around the mound, you know, so be it. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, you just you can't you can't have too many more repeat performances of Saturday because that's just it's sad. Uh, and like nobody needs that, but I don't think we're there yet. I mean, I think he can he can get a chance in a low 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 leverage situation the next opportunity that arises which fuck maybe it'll be tonight and uh, uh i i think there's still something there i mean it's not like his velocity is way down I, I don't know that that necessarily means you know it's easy to say oh so his stuff's fine but i don't you know he may not be locating it quite the way that he needs to and and that's you know obviously an issue uh but yeah i think there that it's premature to to think that there's nothing left in that uh in that arm and and i i don't know how much i even believe that but like Mm. i don't know it's it it's just too early to to write it off i think compared to what the value you'll get coming back yeah speaking of value coming back and speaking of being soaked in piss maybe the blue (laughs) jay should go out and acquire sam dyson that stuff is kind of the similar situation that we're talking about obviously there's still a lot of good stuff left in Sam Dyson's arm. Um, I think it was Wilner, you know, his now Sam Dyson's numbers this year are like truly spectacularly, uh, amazingly awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he essentially gave up a run every other outing this year. He had one really good outing. I was watching the Rangers um, get their asses kicked by the Astros on the weekend. As everybody were, does, yeah. And it was CJ Nikowski who was talking about how uh, Sam Dyson pitched, uh, had one outing before he got DFA'd and he was great. And he looked like the guy that they all thought he was, where he threw, was throwing really hard and having lots of sync and doing the thing that he did um, when he was not, you know, being soaked in his own piss. Um, and then, uh, and then, of course, it all went away. Uh, but uh, you know, Sam Dyson, the best stuff in the system. Like maybe that—that's the kind of maybe he's the kind of guy where the like the Rangers are in no position to just be throwing guys out the window. Their bullpen is so bad, but here they are. Like going just going straight to DFA, like they're not going to send him down. They're not trying to do anything other than get him out of there. So to me, that says something, right? 
I think so. so while yeah. I joke, while I joke about saying like Jay should try to acquire Sam Dyson, like maybe he really is soaked in piss and no one wants to be around him because he smells like like human <laughs> urine so much. Where where Grilly is the other way, right? Grilly, you're looking for reasons to keep him. You're looking for reasons to to have him be be around. And and, and Dyson is is the kind of guy where. I, I don't know what I'm advocating here. What am I saying? Am I? Am I, I think you want to trade. On? I think you would trade Jason Greeley for Sam Dyson. Is what you want to do? I think I do. I think <laughs> I do. I think that there's not nearly enough um, a strong cat piss smell that surrounds the team. <laughs> no, but I think what I'm advocating is like the soft skills sort of personality mix and how it is important, especially in the bullpen where those guys are all down there. And if you're not so good that those things can be ignored, then those things cannot be ignored. Right, so if, think, as soon yeah, as you start absolutely. pitching bad, it's like, okay, you know what, Sam Dyson, your 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 act is worn real thin. And the Rangers had the same thing with that. Uh, what's his name, Kella, Kelowna Kella, where they sent him down because he was acting like he was too good for a rehab start or something. Uh, I, I think what I'm trying to say is the Rangers are a fucking tire fire. Oh my god, yeah. They have. I, I, uh, but speaking speaking of of that whole concept, I mean, we spoke we spoke off the top of the show about. Uh, a man hosting a ketchup slip and slide thing whose act maybe has worn thin, even though he still has some skill. Yeah, and then maybe maybe this period of of unemployment or freedom or you know whatever you want to call it, maybe that can kind of mellow you out, or maybe that can kind of give a player a person like Brett Laurie, as you mentioned, or Sam Dyson, a bit of the perspective that would be required to go back in with a different kind of head in a different place and. Obviously, that's something that Russell Martin, for example, has just talked about um, in the most glowing terms imaginable for a guy who works super hard and, and he inspires his teammates and, and colleagues to work uh, that, uh, that hard as well. So, uh, you know, obviously, if, if, if in a vacuum you see a guy like Sam Dyson, it's like, oh, he throws 97 miles an hour. He's pitched well uh, in most, some, not all high leverage situations, but some. Uh, maybe that would be a kind of guy you would get to uh, uh, to upgrade in your bullpen. But maybe if he's a piss-soaked uh, <laughs> man, maybe, maybe no. Maybe you don't want to do that. Perhaps not. Perhaps not. Uh, well, two things. The J- Well, not that anybody cares because they've already seen this game again, but fucking three-run home run just happened, which is uh, I'd like to ex- express my dismay about that. Uh, I'd also like to express my dismay about, uh, not that I ever watch him, but Greg's on. Uh, mm. Who I'm thinking about just because you know you know who would be a good replacement for Greg Zahn once uh, his playing days are done is uh, is Jason Grilly. Let's get it. Let's get him in there. Let's get the let's get rid of this manalist garbage and uh, uh, start thinking about a new generation of of stupid white guy <laughs> baseball <laughs> lifers to come in and try to tell us what it's like. I know one thing. I'm going to tell you what it's like. Okay. Uh, I went to a baseball game last week. You had pretty good seats, actually, as I as I saw on the Twitter. Uh, I had ridiculous seats. I had in the action seats, um, or what 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 are the former in the action seats? Like the in front of the front row. The seats where they just bring the, you food all night long. Is it the TD Comfort Zone? It was the former TD Comfort okay. Zone. They took those big ass chairs out and they moved that TD Comfort Zone is up behind the plate now, like in the two. Oh yeah, yeah. That's but I was right yeah. there, like front row. I was closer to Josh Donaldson than I was to the bathroom. Like it was, you're so close to the <laughs> to the field. Yeah. Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson did something amazing. I recall. I, what, what was it? It was. Um, well, he had a home run to the fifth deck, which was one thing that he did that was amazing. Uh, which I have to take a little bit of credit for. 
Okay. I'm going okay, to take, I'm gonna take a little do. bit of yeah. credit for, yeah. for that home run. See, I was sitting very close. So all of the players and umpires were there. Uh, able, they were able to heed my advice, right. which I was offering in no uncertain terms. I was offering my advice in a way that was I thought I was doing a fine enough job. I thought I caught the guy sitting beside me who came late. I think he was texting one of his friends about me, but in a not <laughs> flattering light. And yeah. I would have maybe asked him about it. If I was not sitting in someone else's corporate seats, right, which I was clearly, so I let it yeah. lie. But I was onto that guy. <laughs> I know he was talking about me. But anyway, so after I finished showing off for my father-in-law by talking about Asher Wojcikowski's scouting report, <laughs> Asher Wojcikowski yeah. was actually pitched. He pitched pretty well the first time through the lineup, um, and he was pitching backwards a lot. It was like 2-0. He fell behind 2-0, and he threw a curveball to Donaldson and got ahead. And I did not like that. So I took exception to that pitch selection <laughs> by screaming at Asher Wojcikowski to challenge these hitters. And I, I didn't say anything like untoward, but I was basically like, like, what are you doing? Meat probably was thrown around here or there. Uh, and I, I said, you got to challenge these guys. You're behind. Like, you know, what are you doing? Throwing 2-0. 2-0 curveballs. Come on, challenge them. You pitching the big leagues, let's do it. And then he threw a 2-1 <laughs> fastball to Josh Donaldson that Josh Donaldson did out of fucking space. Uh, and it was it was delightful. I was quite happy with myself. I, I feel um, you should be happy with yourself, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but Josh Donaldson was playing third base because that's what he does. And uh, the, I can't remember where, who was on. There might have been a run. There was a runner who was on first base or something. And the, the ball went up, and Josh Donaldson, who was just standing there, not involved in play, just started screaming "Go, go, go!" to the runner, like trying to goad him into advancing <laughs> on a ball that was clearly going to be caught. And it's the dumbest thing, but I just thought it was so funny. My father-in-law, who's not really a big baseball fan, was dying. It was like the funniest thing he's ever seen in his life, and uh, and I got a, I got a pretty good kick out of it as well. Uh, sitting up that close is, is great. I, I I highly recommend if you can get two hundred seventy-five dollars seats to do a Blue Jays game, you should take them. That's my uh, sage advice, my parting <laughs> shot. If you get those, that opportunity, take it. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, the team's too good now. You used to be able to just sneak down to those seats quite easily, quite often, actually. So that's basically the only time I've sat in those seats. Uh, and never quite that close, but but yeah, to get close enough where you can hear shit like that. And uh, no, it's pretty fucking amazing. It was also amazing that I, I was I swore up and down that we, we when we sat down we were like wow they're pretty close are we gonna be like are we gonna hit with a ball and then again my inner Peter fucking Gammons comes out I'm like no we only got to worry about a bat we're sitting so close to the you know, ball's gonna get over here and somebody <laughs> I might have been it might have been Devin Mezzarocco he was way out in front of something um, uh, of like an off speed pitch I can't remember who who started for the it was Hap started that game yep yep. He was way out in front, and he hit a rocket that landed. It hit the <laughs> section that we were sitting in, about two seats over, and just down on the padding, and then ricocheted, got into center field or somewhere. Uh, oh, boy, that, that definitely got my attention. Uh, and I, it was, it's so stupid because you're like, you got to bring a glove. You, gotta, you know, Don't be on your phone. It doesn't matter. If I'm standing there watching that ball, the lead comes off the bat at 104, 105 miles an hour. Like, I can do shit. I'm standing like 95 feet away. There's nothing that I'm going to do. I've never seen anything that's been that's moving that fast in my life. I'm going to dodge or catch it with my fucking softball glove. No. If you're sitting there and the ball's going to hit you, it's going to hit you. You just got to hope you can roll with it. <laughs> just get drunk enough to go limp, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's sound, sound strategy as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> 
Well, you know, they are just waiting for someone to fucking die before they extend nets uh, properly around the stadium. But Essentially. It's going to be just, fun. It's the actuaries are just working overtime. Like, oh, we're getting closer. The ball's leaving the bat that much faster. Someone's going to die soon. Yep. Well. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was great. I hadn't been to a game in a while. And Joey Votto hit a ridiculous home run, and I had a nice time. Yeah, I know. You went to a good one. That was... Uh... Well, Those all home runs all the time. <laughs> yeah, the the Reds were fun, basically. Uh, he was playing the Reds all the time. That, that was that, <laughs> that pitching display that they put on was god awful. You start Asher Wojcikowski in the year of our Lord 2017, and you get what you deal with what comes when when that's what happens. He looked good at the for the first time through the order when no one had seen him before, and then he looked less than good. J Hap was kind of battling. J Hap battled yeah. along there. Didn't look great, but he's battling here today as well. He's, he's working okay. his way back. He'll be okay. He'll be okay. They'll all be okay. Uh, anything to watch? They're out on the West Coast, so it's, this is this is like your it used to be your time to shine. You living for the West Coast games? I well, it's just I mean it's like my dinner time. Yeah, it's, it works out much nicer for me. I don't keep normal hours. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's going to be nice. Wednesday, the game starts at 3.30. So that's a <laughs> uh, that's a great excuse to pretend that I have a regular job and just uh, just go off and drink and watch the game at 3.30. It'll be good. Uh, Sold. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, the A's are bad. The Mariners are bad. The Jays, though, it's, you, know, you can't ask too much of a West Coast swing. Uh, they should probably win some games here. I wonder, I feel like they are going to be worse on the West Coast now because they don't have the Ricky Romero home-cooked meal to look forward to when they go <laughs> to play against Anaheim or wherever. True. Uh, but, I mean, what percentage of these of the guys in the team are from California anyway? A pretty good percentage. Pilar is yeah. from California. Sanchez is from California. Tulowitzki is from California. To name a few. Yeah. It's a big part. I, they all live in Southern California, I guess. So. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. I don't know... <laughs> I don't know if you saw this uh, minor leaguer tweeted earlier, you know, before the game started uh, about a conversation that Jerry Howarth and, and Ray Fossey were having. Uh, <laughs> apparently Jerry asked, uh, how's Billy Bean doing this year? And Ray Fossey's response was, what I can say is Bob Melvin's doing a great job with the players he has. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Jerry Howarth from the Bay Area. Jerry Howarth from oh, California as well. How could yeah. I forget Jerry? Jerry was lovingly uh, featured. I think it was it um, John Lott wrote about Jerry. No, Stacy did. Oh, right, yeah, right. Stacey of course, wrote it, wrote it for uh, for the Athletic. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, cool. Jer- All right, well, Jerry, let's get out of Jerry here. Jerry not trying to run guys out of town. Uh, he's okay when he is trying to run guys out of town. Yeah, not, not sure how I feel about Jerry sometimes, but he's the voice of summer, regardless. He's the voice of summer. He is indeed that. All right, well, uh, we hope to one day be your voices of summer. Uh, So if you do like and enjoy Birds All Day, of course, we want to encourage you to head over to iTunes where you can rate and review and subscribe to get the podcast uh, to your phone or to your device or to where you keep these things uh, on a weekly basis. So if this is your first time listening to Birds All Day, thank you so much for taking the time to check us out. Uh, And if you want to join... Uh, the Patreon and and keep us going and uh, and support the the content and support the things that you value. Uh, that means the world to us. You can head over to patreon.com/birdsallday and do that. Of course, you can read everything that Stoughton writes 
at the Blue Jays Nation. Uh, follow him at Andrew Stoughton on Twitter. You can follow me at Drew Groff on Twitter, and uh, I don't write things anymore, but uh, maybe I will again. I'm, I'm always kicking ideas around, but it's just hard, you know, on that grind. Yeah. But uh, Stoughton, you got anything to add? Not really, no. No. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Should I have? I, yeah, I got nothing. Now the summertime, we've talked. To, we've we've teased the idea of doing another live thing. We probably will. May probably at the Ossington. They seem to be very kind to us, so we can work some out with them. We'll do a live show, and everyone can come down, or uh, not everyone. Some folks can come down, have some drinks, hang out, watch a game. Yeah, I'll get that sorted. Gonna gonna been toying with the idea of a survey. Gonna gonna ask the people what they think about how we can. Uh, how we can deliver the best possible podcast content to you. So look forward to that yeah. too. Giving us some genuine feedback. Uh, so just fucking tee up and tell us how, how bad this is and how, how you would make it better. Uh, how, what, yeah. Let us know what you want to hear. Yeah, if you have comments or of course you can head to, uh, we have a Facebook page as well. Facebook is a great place for that. Uh, send us a message on Facebook or, or get in the conversation on tweet, Facebook. When we tweet post. at us or Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Facebook, more people on Facebook. Do we need more? Do we need more guests? Do we need to be longer, shorter? What 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 are you looking for? What are you looking? I'm going to go ahead and say the longer is probably off the table, but uh. (laughs) I don't need to do longer. Yeah, nobody uh, needs longer. No, not any more of this. More guests, more Stacey May. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, she was great. People were very uh, were very encouraging in their feedback after that one. So we'll have to have her back on. Of course, maybe we'll drag Scott Lewis's bones out of retirement, bring him over around too. That'd be fun. Lewis it would be a good time to say. All right. So for Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day.